the intro again. <laughs> don't, don't, please don't. You really gonna do this? Yeah, f- him. It's our show. We do what we want. Oh my God, no! Not another freaking wrestling podcast. Yay! Like I said, I don't get people watching. So either you love me or you don't. I love you. I love you too. Welcome back, everybody. To Welcome another... back to Not Another Freaking Wrestling Podcast. These are your hosts. I'm Katie. And I'm, and I'm Will. I'm T.Y. Guy's going to beat J.D. on March 25th, Dalton, Georgia. Are you Are you still doing this, man? Why not? You need to set that aside. This is the Cast of Us podcast. The cast so I'm J.D. and my intro just got stolen by a fucking invited guest. Good job. <laughs> this is her show. We yeah, are the well, guests. I don't know what you're talking about. This is my show. God damn it. This is just <laughs> going to be a thing from now on, I guess. Whatever. Anyway. Uh, it's like a surprise. You never know who's going to give it. Apparently. Obviously, since Katie's with us, we're not talking about wrestling this week. We're talking about The Last of Us. Uh, episodes four through six have aired. We have episode seven coming up tonight while we're after we record this. And uh, it's it's time to get into the weeds. So episode four was a uh, we left off with a, the beautiful episode three. Episode four shifted us to Kansas City, which in the game was Pittsburgh. Um, I do like this Kansas City here, though. It gave them more time to, like, get on their journey instead yeah. of just being like right there. First of all. Um, so. The uh, the ambush. Looks fantastic. They yeah. nailed it. Another beautiful, like doing a one for one from the game. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're really great at that. And it made me super happy from playing the game and watching it like come to life. And I'm like, wow, this that's fucking beautiful. Yeah, they definitely nailed how to do an adaptation, do something different, but also keep the spirit of the game. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle, especially with like, you know, some consider the Watchmen one of the best, you know, comic book movie because it's literally frame for frame the fucking comic book. But I feel like sometimes that just doesn't work. And I feel like Last of Us realized, hey, maybe this won't work for us. So let's add something new. Yeah. Well, especially with a video game, too, it's hard to do it frame for frame because, like, a lot of that frame for frame is you mindlessly killing Walker or killing the infected and trying to sneak around. And I don't think that makes for a great television show. It doesn't make sense either because, like, you know, when you think about a, play- a game, you're playing against waves against waves and waves of enemies. If you encountered that many enemies in real life, you'd be dead. Like, our heroes would be dead. And the more encounters they have, the less likely it is for them to... Not me, I'm built different. And also in the game, like they're able to like heal bullet wounds with med kits. So obviously this is a lot yeah. more grounded than we had in the game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think people want to sit around and rummage through fucking drawers and stuff for hours, you know. I like the few times they've done it as like little shout outs. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of hilarious. Uh, and I I love how they spread these Easter eggs out, too. Mm-hmm. And you have to watch for them because if you don't, you're going to miss it. 
So let's talk about one major change they made at the very uh, during the ambush scene. That's where Ellie killed her first or took her first life. Um, yeah, kind of. This point, <laughs> at this point in the game, Ellie didn't kill anybody. At this point in the game, Ellie had never taken a life. Um, and we saw that happen in the game, in the scene where we're in the winter after Joel when when Joel gets hurt. Uh, which we just saw in the last episode or review of this episode. Uh, but so I wasn't sure about the change at first, but I kind of like it, like it after seeing a few more episodes after that, because they kind of use that as their the big bonding moment for the two of them. Yeah. yeah. They also made a change where like, you're kind of like in the game, Ellie kills like just kind of this grody, like rough looking man. And then, in the show, like she killed just like a teenager looking boy. Oh, and it made it rougher. Well, and it's someone that's literally like begging for his life, trying to throw out every trick in the book to try to spare himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like that that's like you said, this is the big turning point for them where now they've got that trauma bond and you start to see. Joel and Ellie actually start to kind of become close. Yeah. Yeah, I like the fact that Joel was kind of like go back into the little hole there. And she didn't really have a moment to herself where she could kind of decompress. Like it was, she cried a little bit, she dried her tears up, and she went on her way. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, sorry, Tyler, go ahead. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, all I was saying, she's just trying to tough it out. And um, it's like really try to show no emotion, like just trying to be tough, per se. Yeah. And then, and she's not really in a position to process everything. Like they're having to move. They, they need to move. They need to survive. They, they just don't have that opportunity to sit and process everything that's happened emotionally and what that means for them. Big shout out to Melanie Linsky in this episode as the, uh, as Kathleen leader of the resistance. Um, I don't know. People probably know her from a lot. Apparently she's on yellow jackets. I haven't seen that, but uh, she's killing it on that show right now. Uh, she also played, good. she also played Rose in two and a half men. That's what I know her from. And uh, like she's just always done a really good job with the very soft spoken roles, but I love what they did here where they took her soft spokenness and turned it menacing. Yeah, they made it she, scary. She had such a great fucking moment at, I believe it was the beginning of the fifth episode when they jumped to the flashback of the her and all the people liberating Kansas City from when they're doing the interrogation. Yes. Yeah. And the dude's squealing, and then she, he's like, "I swear that's all I know." Of course it is, because you're a rat. Walks away, and she's telling them all like, "Oh yeah, you know, you'll go on trial. You'll all be found guilty, but you'll serve time. You'll be spared." Soon as she walks out of the room, go ahead and kill him. Yeah, she's definitely one of my favorite characters they've introduced. Um, one of my favorite moments with her is when they bring the young boy back, and she's like. Because she has the doctor, she's interrogating that doctor or whatever. And she said, well, I have a doctor. And then the guy was like, it doesn't matter. And then she goes right in there and instantly kills the guy. 
Yeah. Um. So what I really love about this is they're showing. I mean, this is what The Last of Us did in the video game too. But they, they show what love does to a person, and I love how they show in this one how her love for her brother and him being killed kind of pushed her to this point. So you're getting to see different sides of what love can do to someone, and it, which is again. Uh, again contrasted later when we meet Sam. Yeah. I think they did a, a great change for that character as well, making him deaf. I love that. I did too. I thought that was a great... It was a welcome change because then it kind of like changed the dynamic of the whole... Like playing the game, it just changed everything. It's a completely different story at this point now. Which and I feel artist? like I grew more attached to him this way mm-hmm. than I did in the game where he was speaking. It also gives you a, a perspective of how would you live in a world like that, missing one of your senses, missing a vital sense in some respects. I, I love the contrast they created between those two, Sam and Henry and Ellie and Joel, because like with Ellie and Joel, they're always talking. It's always so loud. But, Mm -hmm. like, Sam and Henry had probably been living in silence for a while. Yeah. They didn't need to talk. They just, they they signed. And so, like, introducing Ellie and Joel really threw off their dynamic. And, uh, I I don't know, I just, I thought it was a very interesting contrast between the characters. And also, like, props to the show, they actually did cast a a deaf person for that role, so. Uh, Yeah, I I absolutely loved it. I definitely agree with you, Shane, in that I feel like emotionally I connected with them more so in the show than I did in the game. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, I thought that was just like a role that a uh, kid was playing and being deaf. And I saw a, a clip on uh, Facebook where he met Alexander Ovechkin, which is the, uh, he's a wing for the mm-hmm. Washington Capitals in the NHL. And uh, like he was legit deaf. So, it's yeah. pretty cool to, to play a uh, to play that part in that in that uh, show. Yeah, I did not know that he was actually deaf until just now. That's yeah. awesome. So, yeah. um, I don't know if you guys knew this, but Melanie Linsky's character Kathleen, her second in command, I forget what the character's name is. He was but the dude, the big Tommy. beard. Yep, he played yeah, Tommy. He was, in the game. Actor. Or was he just mo- was he voice and motion? He was voice and mocap. Yes. Yeah, that's what I really. Thinking. Yeah. yeah, he's the voice of mocap for Tommy in the game. The more you know, right? I yeah. thought that was they got a lot of they got a lot of their voice actors on the show. So, yeah, apparently Troy Baker will be in either this episode tonight that we're going to see or the next one. Yeah, and I love and so is Ashley Johnson. Oh shit! Is Troy Baker going to play the bunny that gets shot? Shit! Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I love that this show does a with these flashback episodes showing these characters come to life because we've talked about it before when you get when you meet them in the game you don't get all this mm-hmm. and knowing what happens to them later on and watching the flashback episode how we get to that point mm-hmm. like that made I legit cried at when that shit happened yeah I was dreading it, especially the scene towards the end whenever Ellie and 
Sam are sitting there on their beds and they're talking and he writes down, if you become a monster, is it still you inside? Yeah. So that was that was straight from the game. I love that. But I love how they answered that, too. I don't know. This may just be my interpretation. But when they woke up in the morning and Ellie was trying to get his attention and he didn't at all move until she touched him. Yeah. He was still deaf. Yeah. Yeah. It was still him inside. And that's actually, they're saying, I've been seeing stuff apparently, and I kind of want to go back and play the games. Apparently you can hear the the runners, not the clickers, but the the runners that are pretty freshly turned. You can hear them like muttering things, like words and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. um, That's, that was really interesting because like I listened, I don't know if you guys have done so, but they have a companion podcast with the show hosted by Troy Baker and they interview uh, Craig Mason and Neil Druckmann every week about the episode. Yeah. And they said that that was them answering it. That was them kind of saying, yeah, that's, that's still them inside, at least for a brief period of time. And that's like, that's terrifying too. So, cause a lot of they're, they're killing these runners, especially, you know, the people that haven't progressed as far and like, they're still in there. They're just trapped kind of witnessing what their body is being involuntarily forced to do yeah i mean that's basically how that whole spore works in real life with the zombie ants yeah the ants they say they just they know what they're doing but they have no control of their body but the other ants in the area know that they're already gone yeah because the the other ants will carry off if they know one's infected they'll carry them off away from the colony Let's go back to um, that moment where we meet Sam and Henry. Um, Because Joel specifically says that he's deaf in his right ear. Falls asleep. Uh, And I love this moment, too, where Ellie finally gets a laugh out of Joel. And you can tell it's the first time he's laughed in 20 years. Mm -hmm. That was a really sweet moment between them, too. Really sweet moment. And then Joel falls asleep with his left ear up. But then apparently turns over to the other side in the middle of the night. And that's why he doesn't hear Sam and Henry coming in. I thought it was great foreshadowing and storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's another thing the show does a great job of. Just pick it up on the little things that matter. That's why I love the first episode. Because, like, if you go back and watch it, you hear everything happening in the background. It basically turns it into a, a character itself. Yeah. I also love the um, ish Easter egg. Oh, yes. The tunnels. Yes. That, that was, was one of my awesome. favorite little stories you find and learn about in the game. That little community in the game was like learning about that from the artifacts was super cool. So seeing that whole underground tunnel community rebuilt. And everything, seeing it, it looked exactly like it did in the game. Yeah. It was nuts. Yeah. I love the I love the way they were like the tunnels, they put all the infected down there. So you expect when they go down the tunnels for it to be just nuts. Yeah. And then there's nothing. No. Because <laughs> they put them in the other tunnel. Which we will talk about here in a second. Um that that was a really cool moment too. You got to see um Joel 
kind of starting to realize while he's talking to uh, Sam there that he's he's becoming a dad again. Mm-hmm. You you could see it through his the way he's talking to him about the kids that he's he he can tell something's happening to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, just knowing all that. Just it really sucks because like the those next moments is like you know it's coming and you're bracing yourself for it, but man, it fucking hit hard still. I mean, I while I was watching, I messaged Ollie on the group chat, like, I know this is coming and I'm dreading it. Yeah. So before we get there, let's get to that sniper scene. Uh which again, straight from the game. Yep. And I love how they able were able to like because when you're playing the scene in the game, you're 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 the sniper, so that's all you're you're seeing everything happen through the perspective of the sniper scope. I love how in the television show they will show you shift perspectives back and forth between all the different characters instead of just having to be fixed on one person. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was certainly a lot frustrating of a segment than it was in the game. Yeah, <laughs> 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 like trying to figure out which way to sneak is the best way. <laughs> Yeah, they also didn't kill the sniper in the in the show either. No, no, they did. Yeah, no, they, oh, they did the show. They gave him a choice in the show. In the game, it was a lot different. In the game, you just ran up and killed him. In the show, it was a uh, there's an old man who and they the dude kind of just committed suicide by cop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I stand corrected. I did watch. No, that. no, you're, you're all good. Um, how about though that bloater that. Was so fucking cool, dude. The death when he killed uh, her second hand dude. That's literally a death from the game. Yeah, that's 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 how the blooder kills you when it grabs you. Yeah. (coughs) So it's like shit like that. You gotta you watch for it because like that happened so fast because you know they were kind of like zooming off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, and everything that just happened with all the runners and, and clickers and shit, like it's just complete chaos. But I like how in the frame it showed that single moment happening back there with and all also, the chaos in the way. Also, like the special effects were really excellent in that episode. Um, that I think I looked it up, and the the suit for the bloater was like an eighty pound suit. So they had like a bodybuilder guy underneath there that could like actually shoulder it pretty well. Also, this yeah, I mean, dude with thing up like that. I love how in the game when the when you first meet a bloater, which is a lot earlier, you meet it uh, with Bill. Um, but I, I love how in the game it's just another officer will get through. But in the show, that was nobody was killing that. No, no. That's Everybody's why I'm wondering the how they're gonna yeah, handle. That's a runaway situation. I'm not this next. <laughs> episode because in the game if it's going to follow that then we get another we should be getting another bloater in this episode coming up episode seven but i'm wondering how they're going to handle that they we'll have to get to that but i'll talk about that later um let's jump ahead i think we well episode five um and we already talked about Henry. Is it Sam or Henry? The kid. I can never the remember. Kid, the kid, Sam. Sam. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we talked about Sam being bit. 
and uh, asking Ellie. So the moment where Henry kills him. Oh, my God. That that whole sequence. I, I, I've seen it in the game a thousand times and seen it in on television just gutted me. Mm-hmm. It's because of how well this show does making them background characters matter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, seeing them live is what fucks me up every single time. Like, seeing Bill live and then knowing what happens, it just fucking sucks. <laughs> One thing I'll say, um, Pedro Pascal, especially in this, this these three episodes we're talking about right now, just proves how much he can act with his face. Yeah. Like, how much of an asset his face is to acting, and it always makes me wonder, why the fuck do they put him under a mask on the Mandalorian? I was going to say that. I mean... Because this is the way. <laughs> I mean, the dude just does so much with his face, and the Mandalorian's like, yeah, let's let's put something over that. Let's put a mask on you, dude. <laughs> um, so, we get the moment where uh, Joel buries them and it, it definitely seems like Joel's not the type to bury anyone yeah. like this was a very special case mm-hmm. and Ellie is ready to go also Ellie with the blood mm-hmm. yeah told- that was heartbreaking honestly I, I yeah. think it wouldn't work that way but she wanted so uh, desperately for it to work I did too I was really hoping like you know what fuck it I know this is going to be a really impactful scene but keep them around yeah. <laughs> uh, that was hard to and I guarantee that's hard for her. That's probably why when they left the next morning she was just like, let's fucking go. Yeah. Yeah. Well then Which leads she, us- she wrote on the little pad and said, I'm sorry. Yeah. That like kind of broke me too. I was like, oh. Yeah. So the next episode uh, we open up with the uh, with Joel in the cabin, and I, I love this scene too because neither of those two are afraid; mm-hmm. they're more amused at Ellie and Joel being there than anything. Yeah, they were I love fucking them. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And I just recently watched a movie with um, with him in it. Let's see Graham Greene. I think he was in Antlers briefly. How is Antlers? Not to get off topic. Uh, I think it was forgettable. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, this scene was good, and I love the the foreboding sense they give you where they're uh, talking about the bodies floating down the river and everything west is death. Mm -hmm. And then when they do cross the river, and they realize where they're at, and then you start to, they get surrounded and everything that was really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, You start to see Joel's uh, PTSD here, or not PTSD is anxiety, I guess. Like, yeah, I panic think it's attack. established too mechanically in the game because apparently, if you're while you're Sarah in the game, you can go through some of the things, and he has anxiety medication. Yeah, they they changed that for the part one remake, made it so you can actually read the bottles because in the in the old ones you couldn't. Yeah. So uh, I guess he's got some anxiety issues. Um, yeah. And when the dog goes to sniff Ellie, 
to see if she's infected. And he's thinking, oh, my God, like the scanner showed she was infected. The dog's definitely going to smell it. Mm-hmm. And you see him start to have a panic attack. I thought that was really good touch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I thought they were going to have it switch of he's just going to pass out. And that's how they get past it. Because I thought for sure, like, the dog's going to smell it. Yeah, yeah, I did, too. Yeah, that's where I was at with it, too. Shit. Uh, I like how we got to see Jackson here instead of just the dam. Yeah, yeah. Because in the the original game, we only saw the dam. That's all. That's all we got to see was the dam. Jackson was a theme. It's just yeah. they were fixing the dam at the time. So but we're getting to see like we're getting to see Jackson before. Like, because you don't get to see Jackson until the second game, and now you're getting to see yep. Jackson. How about the little Easter egg with Shimmer? All of Shimmer. Yeah. Uh, Seeing Shimmer on screen in part one as a baby was really cool. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Um, and when they're in the dining hall, did anyone peep somebody, the chick had uh, spying on Ellie? Yeah, Dina. Anybody else Dina. Dina? Dina. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because, like, which is fun because in the second game they talk about, oh, I remember seeing this scrawny kid shoveling food in her face. Yeah. I did not even notice that. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, I kind of picked up on that when I watched it, and uh, yeah, it was a, another really good Easter egg. I don't know if they'll end up casting that person as Dina because they haven't actually cast or announced the casting for Dina yet. But um, it'd be interesting if they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love uh, the actress playing. I guess Maria. Oh, oh that's yeah. so good. Yeah, was, I loved her in True Blood. She so. was my favorite in True Blood, and I've actually got to meet her at conventions, and she is the sweetest. Like, I love her. I can't remember her na- real name. Rutina. I think it's pronounced Rutina Weasley. Wesley? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to fucking butcher that, so. <laughs> but, yeah, I love her. Um, she's a great actress, and she did a really good job, and I love when uh joe was like so kind of like communism communism is like his face was like the Tommy's face. face oh my god that was fantastic yeah just, the defeat like, on his face just like fuck <laughs> <laughs> we've become uh, commies and he's been uh, helping run that community and he never even thought I do wish they would have done a little bit more with it. I do feel like they kind of rushed through Jackson. Mm-hmm. Which she I rushed get. through Jackson, but we got to actually see it, which yeah, is a big from the it game. It wasn't CGI or anything. It was a full set. Like, they built a full set for Jackson. Yeah, they talked about it in the episode thing after. Uh, it's legitimately scale for scale Jackson, mm-hmm. which I, I desperately miss like productions doing like practical effects and set building. And it, it's just refreshing to see that in something. Well, when you got the, the money, got that HBO money. Oh, yeah. Do whatever. Oh, yeah. So yeah. let's got talk about the write off money. Let's talk about them actually acknowledging menstrual health. Yes. The scene of her like figuring out how a diva cup works 
10 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) That's gross. I mean, mood. (laughs) But also, that's not the first time, though, because when she was, she found that uh, box of tampons. Yeah. So it's not the first time that we've mentioned this. That's true. It's just very rare to see any apocalyptic show acknowledge women's health. And let me tell you, that's a that's a big worry <laughs> being a woman and having to worry about how do I take care of myself. Um, so the scene where we got between Joel and Tommy um, in the bar when they're talking. That was probably one of the most well acted scenes I've seen in a long time. Yeah. It's the first time in the show that we've truly gotten to see Joel be vulnerable. Yeah. I especially love the line where he said, like, I'm even failing in my dreams. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently um, Pedro Pascal had some input in rotting that scene, I think. And it was it was very emotional. Yeah, he did a very good job acting it out. Uh, especially because you could tell him believing this because, you know, playing the game, you you know, he kind of figures it out, but just the way they acted it out made you think, legitimately think, hey, this dude's fucked up. Mm. How could you not be? Seriously, (laughs) so. The, uh, The scene between Ellie and him afterwards, after Ellie's overheard it and everything, and she's in the house reading the diary. That's straight from the game, except she didn't run away here. It was just where they were staying. Mm-hmm. But the diary and everything, the whole conversation is straight from the game. But it hit so much harder seeing Pedro and Bella Ramsey act it out than it did seeing it on screen with the game. Yeah. Yeah, because as their bond grows, our bond grows with them. Yeah. So we're all kind of growing together with them. And I think, once again, it's another thing the show does great. Um, the scene, I, I'm glad we got to see the monkeys. Yeah. In, or the chimpanzees in, uh, at the university. That was pretty cool because I didn't know if they were do that or not. Yeah. And that, they did really well with that too. No, with CGI, you can do anything. They yeah, but they do long things. shots, so you can't see like up close the CGI. Like I like that. Like they, it's far off shots, and you're not seeing them super up close. What were you saying, Will? I don't know. I was kind of surprised by how little time they did give the university. Yeah. Yeah, when I saw there was 15 minutes left in the episode, or 10 minutes left in the episode when they got there, I was like, okay, um, I guess we're just going to get to the point where they find out the, where they're at. And then when it like kind of glossed over all that, and they started to move along, um, strange. I feel I, like... I feel like with seeing the preview from for tonight's episode, there's going to be like a little bit of time jumping. Yep. So yeah, like quantum leap. That's like quantum leap time jumping. 
Yeah, yeah it looked like it a little bit. Well, Fuck yeah. I've been waiting for Bacula to show up in this show. So I think we're basically getting Left Behind, the Left Behind DLC in this next episode. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So also, I don't know about y'all, but it seems like at least pacing-wise, because there's, what, nine episodes for the season? It seems like they're definitely not going to be able to cover the entire game in this season, which I love. Oh, no, they are. Are I th- they? I-, I think so. That's Because Seven, if you look at it, Seven's going to be left behind. So that's Winter and Ellie's backstory. And then after that in the game, I mean, you had like, you don't have much after left behind after the point where left behind it is happening. You have them heading towards uh, where was it again? Salt Lake. Salt Lake City. Yeah, that you yeah. have them heading there and arriving there, and then that's then you're heading towards the end game. Mm-hmm. I thought there was still a decent bit more to go. Is there? Uh, what's the uh, episode where uh, Ellie's trying to get, or not episode, but the part of the game where Ellie's trying to get medicine for Joel. That that's town. left behind. Yes. Yeah, okay. She yeah. meets, that, meets that girl who's a firefly. I think what they'll probably do, they're probably going to interweave like the flashbacks in with like uh, Ellie trying to get take care of Joel. That's what I would assume would happen. Because like it, it's where it fits in in the game anyway. So. I mean, we're not going to want to watch like Ellie out there hunting all the time. And, and Wrong. Like, trying to t- Joel the whole time, and I'm sure there'll be a scene where she's hunting. Yeah, we might get a scene where she's hunting, but you know, let's jump back just a little bit because the injury for Joel is significantly different here than it was in the game. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the game he falls and he is impaled by rebar, whereas here he is stuck with a broken end of a baseball bat. Yeah, Um, I will say again because we're in a more grounded universe here. I like the, the change because if he had fallen through rebar, rebar, I get in the game he can survive that, but in, in a television show, that's a death sentence. Yeah. I mean, that's what bugged me about, it's kind of off topic, but in Cloverfield, whenever the whole point of the movie is we need to get from point A to point B, which is dude's girlfriend's apartment, and they find her impaled by rebar. And not only is she still alive, they yank her out, and then she starts booking it across New York with them. Yeah. Yeah, hard to believe. Yeah, because you could fuck yourself up even worse pulling it off. And bleeding out, and and all that, yeah. I I know I can survive that, but I'm built different. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I just feel like I'm I'm glad it's in a more grounded grounded universe that we're seeing because like him falling through rebar would not be believable surviving it. And even like when it happened on the show, Becca, who's you know, she's watching with us and everything, she knows nothing of doesn't know what's gonna come come up or anything. She knows nothing about the game. So like she looks at me and said, I just kill him off and I was like No, but they want you to think that. You think about the game, the 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 hot he fell from, and then the impact. That yeah. Was, yeah. And this was actually the point in the game, like to tie it back into what I was saying earlier. It's actually the point in the game where Ellie actually kills for the first time. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so it's definitely been like they've yet to have at least to me they've yet to have a moment where they've tweaked something from the game to adapt it to a tv show that i think like oh well i don't know about that decision like every single change that they've made has made it overall better i agree story-wise i love um i was listening to that podcast once again and uh craig mason and no Druckmann were talking and no Druckmann said that he, Craig Mason came up with the idea to have Sam be deaf. And uh No Druckmann said he looked at him and said, You son of a bitch, I hate you because I wish I had thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I do like that, yeah, like a lot of every change they've made has enhanced the story. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they've been able to go ahead. There hasn't been a change that I agree with Will that's been like, oh man, I really hate that they did that because it was better the way it was. None of that's happened here. And all the changes to me drive the story a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Like Sam being deaf. Um, now, you know, got a baseball bat stabbing and shit like that. You know, the way Tess died. I like the way she died in the show better. Not did too. Because it, it added more back. emotional weight. Yes. And, and also, like I said, why would Fedra be out there anyway? Yeah, it doesn't make sense for Fedra to be out there. I mean, it worked in the game just to have an enemy to fight, but. Well, you needed an enemy to fight in the game. This isn't the game. So, I mean, I'm glad they, they made, it was a very good change. They, yeah. They've been very smart about all of their changes. And I, I would say so far, none of these episodes, I wouldn't rate any of them under an eight and a half or a nine. I definitely think six has been my least favorite so far. It was still very good, don't get me wrong. I didn't hate it, but it's been my least favorite, but especially with where we're going with these last three episodes, I know it's going to jump straight back up to being nines and ten out of tens for me. Yeah, so one of the episodes... Episode three is definitely a 10. Mm-hmm. Oh, easily. That deserves all the awards. Oh, yeah. Because the, to that to this day, that is the most beautiful television I've ever seen. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. What are the chances that we meet Abby Anderson by the end of the season? No. Well, I, well, I, it's a no, possibility. I can see it in the last episode. Fuck that bitch. That's, yeah. See, that's that's what I'm saying. I can see it in the last episode. Because, okay. I mean, Joel killed her dad. Yeah. Okay, I had a weird progression of, like, I'm going to hate Abby. When I, when I played the second game, I was like, I'm going to hate Abby. And then when you think of things logically, it's like, if I hate Abby, then by all means, should I hate Ellie, too? Yes. And yeah. that's the thing that I think a lot of people overlook is... Mm-hmm. People are, and I feel like we shouldn't mention the big moment because there's a lot of people watching this that have never touched yeah. the game. Yeah. But 
a lot of people hate Abby as a character because they don't see her perspective of it. They only see her actions from Joel and Ellie's point of view. Yeah. And I'm really can't wait for the second season when we get there because I know the show is going to do such a great job at mm-hmm. showing her perspective on it. Yeah. I don't think we'll see um, that in the second season because they're adapting part two into more than one season. Mm-hmm. Part well, two will be to. not just be one season. Yeah, it's it's too big of a story. I do also kind of have concerns, and I, I hope they do their best to protect the actress they cast as Abby. Whoever they get, she needs to yeah. not have any social media. Yeah, don't don't let Run. her have just for her mental health. Because like, they Laura Bailey and and the character model have both been harassed ever since that game came out. Yeah, death threats, full full nine yards, just it's still real with them, damn it. But like I, I don't see why people do that shit, man. Yeah, it's it's art. It's Get over it. I mean, should um, people still do that? How long has Breaking Bad been off the air? And the actress that played Skylar on there still gets that shit. Man, fuck Skylar. I mean, yeah, but still, though. I want to meet her so I can tell her to go fuck herself. It's make-believe. Come on, dude. <laughs> or maybe it's Man, Maybelline. fuck her. For real. <laughs> so, um... We'll be back in your feeds with another review of The Last of Us after the finale. Um, so that's going to be a huge episode. Probably be a lot longer than 42 minutes. <laughs> um, any Everybody, any last thoughts before we get out of here for this episode? Um, excited for the end of the ride, but I don't want it to be over. <laughs> it took the words ride out of my mouth. I... Yeah. Am ready to see it, but not ready to experience it because I mean, shit, it's probably going to be well over a year till we get the next season. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be rough when it it's, we get to the last episode and it's like now we got we got to wait. Which I'm okay waiting if they put something out that's really good quality. It's worth it. Yeah, I well, have no problem. Mandalorian waiting. starts on March first, so. There we go. So I like that there will be a period of time where we have two actively airing shows about Pedro Pascal transporting children on kooky adventures. <laughs> no fuck. Well, everybody, uh, keep a lookout for that episode after the finale airs, and we'll be back with you next week with more great wrestling content. And uh, since we can tag back in for a second, Jake, what they need to do? Bring money!